BBK betting podcast. We've got to the final day of our Cheltenham Festival previews. It is Gold Cup Day. And if you've got this far, well, I hope that you have found a few winners um, from our day one to day three podcasts. And perhaps you're en route to the to Friday or you're listening to this in advance. Um, but um, this is one of the more tricky betting days, I think we can say that um, ahead of our preview. Um, but a plenty to look forward to. And we're going to start off with a, a really strong renewal of the Triumph Hurdle, which will take place at 1.30. Um, I say strong in that the top six in the market are pretty much blemish-free this season and are very likely to all hold their ground in this race. And we yet to have final declarations. Um, but Vauban currently, uh, the grade one winner, is the two-to-one favourite, just ahead of Pie Piper at 14-to-5, Phil Dorr, 7-to-1, Porticello, 11 to 1. Il Epetant is 13 to 1. And the unbeaten English contender, Knight Salute, is 27 to 2, um, which looks value considering their um, pretty blemish free season. Um, I've got with me Ross Miller, James Millman, and Tom Collins, as always. Um, Tom, I'll say hello to you first. And let's talk about the favourite of Vauban because he really stamped his authority on this division last time out. And Again, the Willie Mullins camp, I feel like I've said this a couple of times on these podcasts, they've been quite bullish about a lot of their horses, but this is another one of them. Well, the Guinness is going to be flowing in the Guinness Village, I tell you that, Jess, once Vauban wins. Um, I'm, I'm very confident he's going to get his, get the job done here. Look, he was beaten by Pied Piper on his first start. The connections knew that he was the best horse in that race. He was sent off four to nine as well, which is remarkable. They obviously thought he was a machine at home. He proved that he was an incredible horse for this division last time out when he beat Field Door without turning a hair. Uh, Pi Piper and Boban are probably going to dominate this market. They're probably going to dominate the race. Only three out of the last 10 favourites have won the triumph. I think it'll be four from the last 11 and Boban will win. Well, very confident selection. I look forward to finding you there in the Guinness Village um, <laughs> on Friday. Um, uh, let's, hope, let's hope it's a celebratory one start to the day for Tom. Um, James, I want you to see you now. Uh, uh, he, this, is a, this is a kind of a classic Willie Mullins course. You know, they bring him over to France. They... They, uh, they eye up the triumph hurdle and in the rich, richy colours, it, it looks like they've got a good one. Yeah, they've had him a while as well. He won a mile and a half list race at Vichy back in July. Then he joined the Willie Mullins team. Obviously, I'm not probably quite strong as TC. He was um, literally, said he's passed the post in front already, but I do think he's got a fantastic chance. Uh, they've got Fielder and Pied Piper, same owner, same trainer. For me, they wouldn't be running both in it if they felt one was a clear certainty. And I did feel at Cheltenham when, when Pied Paper absolutely bolted up, that was more because our British horses are particularly weak in, in the juvenile hurdle division. And I'm not quite sure what he actually beat. And, and Field off me might actually have even been better than Pied Piper. And then Fulborn beat him quite com comfortably on just the second side of a hurdle. So he's going to improve again. Yeah, he's got a, got a great chance. Of the British, Knight Salute, it was... Scrappy at Kempton last time. He keeps on doing enough. He's sort of cracking by five from five for Milton Harris. But I do think uh, the British will be a fair way behind in, in this year's triumph. Um, in terms of the Irish horses and what, what James and, and Tom have, have said, do you think that they're just too good, too strong? Yeah, I think I think they do look like they've got the best crop this year. Um, but I think there's one the market's missed. Um, Willie Mullins trained Elete Tomp. Um, 13 to 1 with SBK. Um, an amazing run first time out in the mm. Spring Juvenile. Finished six lengths behind Vauban. 
um, on his first ever hurdle run anywhere. Um, he'd run in two bumpers in, in France. If you think how much Vauban found from his first run to his second, and Willie Mullins definitely trains, I mean, a lot of his horses like that, but particularly his juveniles, he hasn't got an awful lot to find. He was ridden out the back as well at uh, Leopardstown, whereas the front two were ridden prominently. So he had a lot of ground to make up, which wouldn't have suited. Um, I think he can find a huge amount of improvement. And I think at 13 to 1, he's, he's a huge price. And it's unusual that the market has, has missed one. And I, and I think they have here. Yeah, everyone was talking him up after that that run. I agree with you. I think he was a real eye catcher. He's a he's a terrier like looking horse. He's quite not huge, isn't he? He's really not much of them, but he was actually a lot neater at his hurdles than a couple of the other more experienced horses. He was quite free early on as well, but I think a stronger pace he will get him triumph will really benefit. So I'm with you there, Ross. So like. I like him as well. He's 13 to 1. But um, for Tom and for James, um, especially for Tom, Vauban, who's currently 2 to 1, that's a that's a nice price. You like that? Um, TC, 2 to 1. Uh, you know, he's going to be a lot, lot shorter, would you imagine? Yeah, well, there's two Willie Mullins horses, I think, that are reasonable prices, still favourite, but will well, deserve to be a lot shorter. Vauban being one, the other being Statler in the National Hunt Chase. I think they both have clear-cut favourite claims. Um, and they're not necessarily as short as they should be. Yes, they're favourites, and people will say, yeah, you're tipping up a favourite in this race, but at the same time, there's still value in their current prices. Yeah, that's, you know, that's it. That's the importance, where the value is. Um, we'll head into the county hurdle um, at 2.10 on the Friday, and Willie Mullins has another anti-post favourite in the shape of State Man. He's 5-1, to one. Um, Top Band at 6-1, to one. Echoes and Rain for Mullins again. He's 7s. West Court for the Skeletons is 9-1. to one. Um, 11 to 1 bigger the rest um, Stateman for me is a favourite but he lacks experience he, it's difficult to know whether he's well treated or not with an official rating of 141 um, I'll, James I'll come to you first because looking through it I thought West Cork um, I can't stop going back to that Greatwood run because it was pretty impressive what he managed to do and I think obviously the Skeletons they might have just they've just keeping keeping him fresh for this and that and that's what his season has been laid out for. Yeah, and Skeletons are particularly good, especially if horses need colours, keeping them nice and fresh, keeping them for Cheltenham, uh, not seeing them run too soon and the county's a race that the Skeletons excel in. I think Adagio will run quite well in a champion hurdle. I think he can sneak a place in that race and if he does, that's a nice big form boost for the Greatwood, which 631 days off a track, West Court came in one and one convincingly as well. He travelled nicely throughout the contest he was getting £13 from Adagio, but that was a cracking run. The race may have came too soon, a little bit, uh, four weeks later at, at Ascot. Wasn't disgraced behind Tritonic, but once again, they just put him away. Got his marker one for one. They know he's going to get in the race. Um, he's he just just progressive. And I echo your sentiments about um, our favourites. Was he had three runs under on, on, on the rules? He might well be very good, but West Cork's had seven. And I still think he's well treated and he up seven pounds for the Greatwood success. And State Man's had a fall in one of his two hurdles as well. So, yeah, interesting. He's so strong. I think they think he's probably very well handicapped. Both forces off one for one. Um, top bandits on a bit of a roll for Gordon Elliott. But yeah, West Cork, I've just been impressed. And like I say, the Skeletons, this is their race. They do seem to lay one up for it. And in West Cork, they've kept that mark dry on one for one. And he's the one for me. Yeah, interesting. Uh, West Court one for the English. The Skeletons, um, as I said, they know they they like to, to farm these kinds of races. Um, and he's currently uh, with us. He's nine to one. 
Um, Ross, I'll come to you next. For you, uh, look, this is a race like uh, some of our other handicaps where the, the weight push up is really benefited a lot of the Irish horses. Um, so there aren't a huge amount of English horses in there. Um, what have you found um, in the county hurdle that sort of caught your eye? One that's that's been given what I consider to be a fair Irish tax is Statuaire um, for Willie Mullins. She's mad, mad keen. Every race she she is far too free early, but she has got some good form um, until last time where she slightly bombed out. Um, but she's going to run her here off a mark of 139. Danny Mullins will ride. Um, a strong handicap pace could just see her improve a lot if he can get her to settle. Um, he will have to weave his way from the back, you would imagine, but there's probably no one better suited for that than Danny Mullins. Um, and I just thought, you know, she's clearly got ability. If she lines up here and she does have other entries, um, I think she's uh, an interesting uh, horse. Yeah, she's a grade one winner, obviously, from this season as well. That was a fascinating race, the Royal Bond, where she was, um, she beat my mate Mozzie a short head. Um, and yes, she has been given um, a push up in the weight, the four pounds. Um, and uh, whether that's the fair or not, we're not sure. A lot of a lot of the, these Irish horses have been pushed up. It should be worth me mentioning far out of ours as he was put up um, a considerable amount um, by the handicapper for only just coming ahead of Statuaire. Um, his official mark is 137 in, in Ireland and he's up um, another five pounds. Whether he definitely runs, I think is, it's uh, still uncertain, um, but he's got a lot of good form going back on the flat, which would be a big benefit to him in a race like this from, um, from his time in France, but he's been very busy this season. So that was why we weren't necessarily going to run him. Um, but Willie Mullins is happy with how he is. So it looks like he might make it, make his way over there. And if the ground is on the better side, I wouldn't put anyone off him. I just, he was very disappointing last time, um, but, and he's been pretty busy. And um, so that's why I haven't put him up myself, but he is 15 to one. Um, uh, I'll come on next to TC um, because, as I said, plenty of horses have gone up and on in the handicap. Is that is that put you off anything, or are you trying to find something that slipped in here? Not necessarily put me off. It's made me a bit less confident than I was. Um, Magic Tricks is going to be my main selection. Like the Coral Cup, this is a race I'll probably have four or five plays in. Um, it's just such a wide open heat. You get good each way terms, good big prices, competitive field. Um, but Magic Tricks is my number one. Yes, he's been put up seven pounds, Irish tax, as Ross would say, um, which clearly isn't ideal. Um, but he's long hinted that he could be a graded horse. Much like Dunboyne in the Potemps, this could be another plot job, I think, uh, with Magic Tricks, uh, owned by JP McManus. We're going to know if it's a plot job before the off, if he's uh, taking any money whatsoever. Um, I thought he travelled the best in the field last time at the DRI Festival. Um, it was a race that featured a horse called Drop the Anchor, who I fancy in a race earlier at the Cheltenham Festival this um, week coming up and he was just beaten in the closing stages he didn't seem to have that final kick magic tricks but maybe he wasn't 100% ready maybe if he was 90% ready um, he just blew up in the closing stages that's my way of thinking he's obviously not as well handicapped over here as he is in Ireland right now but he's a big price I think he could be a major player in this race this might be one that the Brits steal words I didn't think I'd be saying in any of these podcasts um, but I mean it really is slim pickings you've got Greatwood winner uh, West Cork, who's got a good chance if he returns to that kind of form. More battle hurdle winner, Cormier's in there as well. Aside from those two, where are we looking for a British winner in this race? Well, it's really hard to hard to find one. There could be one at a huge price that pops up. There usually is at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, I just couldn't find it. 
So you're not, you, Cormier was your horse for the more battle. You can't see him doing the double. No, I, I think he's a player. Um, I'm just not sure that he's as well treated as some of the Irish runners, uh, if not even as classy as some of the Irish runners. He's going to be a player. The more battle hurdle has been a brilliant trial of the last two seasons. We have a dream finish second in this race in, um, after winning the more battle in 2020. 2021, the Shunter um, came back at the Shunter Festival and won. So it's a very good trial. I'm just not 100% sure with Cormier in this race. Okay, so magic tricks for TC. He is a bit of a, a, a head scratch to this horse, 17 to 1, but he's clearly talented. It's unsurprising, really, that his full brother is Abacadabras, who's pretty similar. Um, a, a bit of a, 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 can be very talented, but sometimes just can't put it all together. Uh, for me, I'm split between a couple of horses. I do really like First Street for Nikki Henderson, who's a very unexposed uh, uh, second season novice. Um, sorry, first he's a novice and uh, has been running over over hurdles since, since August. He's been around for a bit. They've been uh, getting his uh, jumping more improved, and he had his first going in quite a in a very competitive race in the Betfair hurdle last time, where he was third and he was running on strongly. And I thought that gave gave him a bit of confidence. He was only up a pound for for that for that run as well. Uh, and I just think a, a big another big field like this could really suit him. Banbridge is my other one for Joseph O'Brien. He's also in the Martin Pike. I'm not sure which one he ends up in, um, but he's also a horse with a profile where I, I think that he could have been he could have been a little bit overlooked. He's uh, he got back to his very best last time at Navan after a, a disappointing run at Leopardstown. But I think he could be a little bit forgiven as he was he was the race just didn't pan out that well for him at Leopardstown that day, and I think he's a bit better than that. Um, and he might not be badly treated at the weights. He still needs to, he'll have to creep into this. Um, okay, that's the county hurdle. Really tricky, that race. Um, and um, hopefully we might have found something in there for you. We'll head into the Albert Bartlett. Uh, the novices hurdle over three miles. That is up next. This race has really improved over the years with a subsequent Gold Cup winner in Manila Indo winning it in 2019. And he proved that was no fluke despite being 50 to 1. Um, considering what he's gone on and achieved since. Um, Vanillier was a good price in 14 to 1 last year. Penhill was 16 to 1 in the past for Willie Mullins. It's a tricky race to solve as it's a case of who will stay in a race where several of these novices might not have tackled the trip. But actually, there are a few in this race this year who are confirmed. Manella Cruno over three miles. Um, he's, he's in here, he's at 92. And the favourite is Hillcrest, as it sounds, but it is. Ross, does he does he even run? And if he doesn't run, the the makeup of, of this race and and the betting perspective perspective completely changes. Yeah, I think uh, Hillcrest is the best three mile novice hurdler. I'm confident of that. I thought what he did uh, last time was phenomenal, and uh, arguably a, a a poor winning ride. He went very hard, and he just kept on going. It was quite remarkable. But the concern would be whether that's left a mark on him, um, and Obviously, Henry Daly's going to observe very closely from home, but the, the bottom line is you will not know until he runs. Um, so if he turns up, I'll probably be tempted it in um, and then kick myself if he bombs out for not being smart enough to realise that the race would have left a mark. But another one I like from the UK that uh, I think can go well is Staghorn um, from Archie Watson. 108-rated stayer on the flat with form up to two mile two furlongs. Um, so the fact he's been so progressive up to two and a half miles is, is quite impressive and I think he's probably got more to come going up to, to three miles he was fourth in the Queen Alexandra at uh, Royal Ascot he jumps brilliantly he was really really quick and measured over his hurdles at Warwick last time um, I think he's a, a live outsider 
um, because I think there's plenty more to come on stepping up in this trip. And he has got some gears, which very many in this race will not have. Mm, he's 13 to 1. Do you think that's a reflection on the fact that, yes, he's English, but, you know, Archie Watson, he's sort of brought, um, I, I think he, I think he actually said in an interview, he had to really persuade the owners to even take, and take this horse jumping because they're flat boys. And he's not known for doing something like this. And it'd be a pretty brilliant feat. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think you're probably right in that people are looking so oh, it's a flat trainer, you know, but being able to train a horse, being able to train a horse, you've got to keep them healthy, you've got to get them fit, you've got to keep their mind right uh, and find the right races for them. Well, Archie Watson is, is, is pretty good at that on the flat. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be put off by that in the slightest. Yeah, no, totally. No, I just, it's funny that it's just a bit like the Triumph Hurdle. It's, you know, the, the English horses are a much bigger price despite really seemingly not doing a huge amount wrong. Um, is that a fair assessment, TC? Or, or, or do you look at it like uh, in the sense that the Irish novices are a much better? Hillcrest is, an ob is the obvious one. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm playing by the assumption that he does run because Henry Daly says that that last run was very, very soon. It would be a very quick turnaround. Yeah, I think Hillcrest is the best horse in here, um, but I'm not confident. One, he's going to run, or two, he's going to reproduce his best efforts anyway. He's had a pretty hard season, and as Ross said, that ride last time may have bottomed him out early. Um, I kind of wanted to stick to the Irish again, which is obviously a theme of my uh, Cheltenham Festival. Two horses um, were on my shortlist, Bardenstown Lad, but I think it's going to go very close with course form to his name, stays the trip well. He was the last off my shortlist, actually, my second preference. My preference is one at a bigger price, which is what do you want? Arguably, the Scottish may take this one, but uh, he's an Irish trained horse, trained by Willie Mullins. Um, he was super impressive on his bumper debut last January. He beat a horse called Ginto, who's also in this field in a much shorter price. Uh, Ginto's won all four starts since he's also a grade one winner. He was never in contention, what do you want, in Kilcrut's demolition job uh, in that bumper at the DRF Festival last year. However, he was ridden miles off the pace, like he was going to be a stayer. Um, they knew he wasn't a proper bumper horse, but he still picked up the pieces for third. This season, he's overcame, overcome poor positioning in two races. On his reappearance on Hurdling debut, he was terribly positioned. He jumped badly two out, yet he still won. Smooth finish, um, really hit the line powerfully over an inadequate two and a half miles. Last time out, again, poorly positioned, got shuffled back at a crucial stage, went four wide around the bend and still looked like he was coming to win before flattening out late on. He just didn't sustain his effort um, as maybe the jockey thought he might, um, or maybe that was plan B because he realised he got the horse into serious trouble um, and he couldn't overcome that. I think if what do you want gets a better trip uh, in this race, then I think he's a, a major player and he's a huge prize, Jess. Yeah, 13 to 1 um, as uh, from Tom Collins. Uh, Collins is an Irish surname, so you clearly are. Like, that's what it's all about. <laughs> patriotism coming from, coming from you everywhere here. Um, that's what you want for, for Tom. Um, James, as I was saying, this is there are confirmed three milers in this race. Um, is are you look? Do you look at it? They're saying you know you need to see someone that's proved, a horse that's proved that coming into Cheltenham, where it's a real emphasis on on staying. Even if you've won three miles at a, at a track in Ireland, you know it's 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 a hard to find three miles at Cheltenham. Yeah, I think you can say that's that's definitely the case. And sometimes it can be the softest day on day four of the meeting and we see some, some real stamina tests for the Albert Bartlett and, and not too many, they actually try it for they head to Cheltenham because they don't want to wear them out too early in the season. And Manella Kruner, 
who won of a three mile at Punchstown, where he landed his maiden had a one nicely by 11 names. It was a bit of a counter round. I think he was a little bit badly placed when behind Manila Kakuna at, uh, at Leopardstown. For those two in the finish again, um, thought Desi and he had a heart attack with both of them, but that is not easy. I just think he's going to improve stepping back up and trip again and probably ridden closer to the pace. It was a great winning ride um, by Danny Mullins on um, Manila Kakuna last time. So if they both take it, Manila Kakuna could go for the Ballymore. Um, I thought he was good. I'll give a shout to one English one, uh, the skeleton runner, who actually made his debut, rules debut in, in the grade two at uh, Cheltenham back in December. That's Bally Griffin Cottage. He won the um, Winter Millions novice at Lingfield. He kept on plodding away. He might be one that a little bit like Oscar Elite was last year, could plod on for a place. But uh, Manila Kruner is my main choice for the winner in the Albert Bartlett. Nothing particularly stands out in that race for me. I've, I've not got a, a lot of the other novices. I, I quite like one really for the future to go on and, and dominate. But they all seem to be a similar kind of standard heading into this Albert Bartlett. Okay, interesting. I think the market has completely missed the nice guy. And I think if um, Hillcrest doesn't run, he'll be a lot shorter. He reminds me a lot of Monkfish, um, especially the comments that Willie Mullins has said about him and that he is a light-framed horse who does not take a lot of training, very similar to, to Monkfish at this stage of his career. He's not been seen a huge amount. He was very impressive at Nace back in January. Uh, and Willie Mullins just kept saying, oh, he just keeps surprising me, keeps surprising me. So he is a horse that you don't really know exactly the full limits to his potential. Um, but I do like the fact that in that race at, Nat at Nace, the third and the fifth have both come out and won since. And I just think this horse could be um, a bit better than the market is suggesting at the moment. And at nine to one, he is now, he could be a lot shorter if Hillcrest doesn't run. And it does, as we've all said, all revolve around uh, what Henry Daly decides with his horse as he currently leads the betting here. So all got a differing opinions for this race. Um, it can throw out a big price uh, winner. Uh, we'll head into the feature, the Gold Cup, the pinnacle, the showpiece, very much the one everyone wants to win. Run over three mile, two furlongs. We've seen stairs of huge magnitude winning this, of course. It's a good renewal without being a classic because there are question marks hanging on a lot of them. Uh, the odds are sort of against the Plutard second time round as the stats tell me it's very tricky to win it on the second attempt after being beaten in the first. Um, but he is the favourite currently at 100 to 30. Uh, those horses who are having their first go at, the, at this race are always noteworthy. And Galvin is one of them. He's second favourite, four to one. Um, Protectorat also having his first go he's nine to one as is tornado flies 13 to one and chantry house is 17 to one squeeze in between there is uh, the winner from last year uh, manila indo five to one he hasn't had a perfect season this year so it is it's it's kind of wide open um and uh, uh tc i'll come to you first as i said plutard had been much shorter for this all the way up to the savile's chase what did you make of that and what do you make of his his the opportunity that there is for him and Rachel Blackmore coming into this second time round. Well, I don't think that was a, the true Aplutard. He ran to a mark twelve pounds below what we saw uh, in the Betfair Chase when he won by twenty two lengths in a hat canter. Uh, he actually ran to a mark of one eighty in that race, whereas he ran to one six eight in the Savills Chase. Um, if he reproduces that Savills Chase performance, then he's not going to win. Um, I think that's plain and simple. Yet there's still only a narrow margin between him and Galvin, who's obviously well high. Um, up in the market so even if he underperforms he's still kind of there or thereabouts with the other protagonists if we see him bounce right back to what we saw at Haydock 
I think is a clear standout horse in this race. And I think that Haydock performance was actually the real Aplutar, not a flash in the pan. I thought that's what we kind of expected from seven to eight, that a little bit of improvement from what we saw last year. In the Gold Cup last season, I thought it was the best horse in the race as well. I know he didn't win. Um, and maybe it's talking through my pocket because I did back him in the race. Um, but he got checked at a crucial point coming down the hill. And then he didn't jump the last two fences as well as Manila Indo did. Um, there was half a length split in the line. Maybe that was the difference. I'm going to stick with Aplutard. I'm also going to have a loyalty bet on uh, Tornado Flyer because I backed him in the King George. I've got to go in again. I think he's been overlooked by the market. He does need the pace to collapse a little bit, um, but he's a strong stayer at the trip. He's run well at Cheltenham before, um, and he's a nice double-figure price. So Aplutard and Tornado Flyer for me. Yeah, he was actually your anti-post selection. Um, you selected him, so I was going to ask whether you still have that, uh, you've still got your faith in him now a few months later. So interesting to think that. Um, James, um, get your thought from a, from a jockey's perspective. You know, Rachel uh, had um, on board a Plutard last time. You know, I what you could watch it about three million times. I'm sure she has done as well. As TC, she got checked at crucial points. Is there anything differently she could have done, or is there any way? Is there any sort of different way that she she might ride him this year in a race where there's plenty of strong stayers around and there's no Frodon? There's no obvious horse that's going to go forward. Perhaps I write. I couldn't work that one out so much. So how, how do you see it panning out? Yeah, Santini, I think, will probably try and go forward as well. Um, he mm. seems to be happier at Polly Gundry's yard. Um, he travelled quite nicely in, in the Cotswold. Whenever you get beat, especially when you get beat narrow margins, you want to do something slightly different, look for your race and, and analyse. And actually, your two defeats for Alpitard, you could argue... Didn't quite get going soon enough behind Nella and then Nella Indo got first run in the Gold Cup. And then Golden kind of poached quite late and did him a short head. When, when for me, the, the Brumhead horses really weren't firing. The fact he could run so well behind Golden, I was absolutely delighted. I like Alpitard. You've got that stat, and I've heard it a few times about um, horses that have been to the Gold Cup and got beaten. They have bad records. But Native River, he was third in his first attempts. A year later, he had that fantastic battle with Mike Bite where he broke him. I just think that um, Manella Indo, he looks hard work. And while it was better under Robbie Power last time, it's an easy decision for, for Rachel. The fact that Aputard was so good at Haydock that she knew that was her ride early on in the season. And, and maybe she doesn't quite gel Manella Indo anyway. Um, but Rachel's got no worries about Aputard. I just think he, he can reverse the form this time around. Galvin, he surprised them, hasn't he? Because he was never really considered a Gold Cup horse. He was always more the Grand National route. Uh, he won the National Hunt Chase last year, beaten by Frodo on his return. And then he just, I say, nabbed Alpitard on the line. And for me, that was more the fact that the Roman horses weren't quite right. So I'm happy to stick with Alpitard like I did in, in the anti-post preview. I'm, I'm not going to desert him just now. Santini, he wasn't fit when he ran the first time. He ran much better uh, last time. His fitness will still improve because Polly Gunji, she's a small yard. She hasn't got the horses that can work with Santini. And jump horses nowadays are so lean and so thick from these big yards that it does make it hard for the smaller operations. He he will strip fish. There's a bit of giving the ground if it's, if it's a wet uh, week at Cheltenham at a huge price. He might plod on her and run better than people expect. I think he's the best out of the uh, ones that ran in the Cotswold. I don't like Chantry House. That was a horrendously hard work for him to, to get the job done. And I think Santini might reverse the form with those that ran there. But uh, as a whole, I'm really happy to stick with Apitard. Okay, yeah, Santini is 51 to 1. And if you can get some 
extra places that's that's a, a pretty good price for a horse that will as you say strip a lot fitter but it is a competitive race Ross I want to get your opinions now on last year's winner perhaps as well as, as your own thoughts on this race I just wonder has he been somewhat overlooked obviously his form reads one two one at Cheltenham yes he hasn't had a great the best season that they want to jockey change is never that easy um but you know, coming into this, he could really come to his prime for, for a gold cup. Yeah, if, if you'd have asked me at sort of Christmas, January time, what did I think of Miller Indo's chance in the gold cup? It'd have been slim to rare, but he definitely got back to some sort of form last time with Robbie Power. Um, and as James just alluded to, maybe it's just a simple case that he doesn't get on with with Rachel Blackmore. Um, so I think he's I think he's got a chance, but you'd be concerned how moody he looked in the in the King George I thought I thought he downed tools fairly quickly um I, I still you know and 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 James will, will tell us now that it was a pace collapse and Tornado Fly was a fortunate winner of the King George and I just I see his point but I don't I don't buy it he wasn't ridden 10 lengths off the back of the field and picked up the pieces off a massive pace collapse he was given the most efficient ride but he was by some way, the best horse in the race, staying on strongly at the end. Prior to the King George, his biggest test of stamina would have come in the 2020, John Dirk on, on heavy ground, and he ran Min to a length. Well, Min was a pretty decent horse. Um, I think it's entirely possible that he'll improve further for another two furlongs. Danny Mullins will ride him. Um, he stayed on really well in the Ryanair last year, uh, came from a long way back and, and, and did storm the hill fairly well. Um, with questions about so many of them, the only question about him is, will he get the trip? And I think mm. he will. Um, I think he's been dismissed as a fortunate winner of the King George. And, and therefore, I think there's some value in his price at 13 to 1. So you look at his Cheltenham record, which is all right without being too spectacular as based around his, his, the trip that he's been running over, you know, two and a half miles but running behind Alaho. That, that, was, that was an all right effort at Cheltenham. He, he handled the track. Absolutely. He handles the track and he runs up the hill. Um, if he can, by going a gear slow in the King Jewel, uh, in the Gold Cup, be a little bit closer. Um, I, I just think he's been needlessly dismissed in, in a race where um, plenty of got questions. I, do, I don't think you can take the, hay, the Betfair chase at Haydock as a literal line of form. Aplutard beat uh, Royal Pagai, who would have absolutely hated the ground, and Bristol Demai, who wouldn't like the ground and looks regressive. So... I think you've got to take that form with a pinch of salt. The race fell apart largely, albeit he was visually visually impressive. Um, so yeah, I I think Tornado Flyer's got as good a chance as any, and he's a bigger price than than a good few of them. Okay, so confidence behind um, Tornado Flyer from Ross and from TC. One also I do want to ask about, and I asked you, James, is Protector at because you were giving you were strong on him for the many clouds when Bridget Andrews was on. Gave him a no-nonsense ride that day on very testing ground. The skeletons are bullish. He's obviously the, the unknown quantity. Does he have a chance to be in the mix here with, I assume, Harry Skelton on board? Yeah, he, he travelled and, and really enjoyed himself with Bridget on board. Um, but Native River was back in second place. And Native River subsequently retired on the back of a poor run in, in the Welsh National. I'm not quite sure what he actually achieved. My worry is he made mistakes in the... Paddy Power, I think it was, what Midnight Shadow won when he finished second. And I just worry Harry Skelton in a big race. There's got to be more 
calm, calculated decisions than perhaps that there was at the festival last year. Ross mentioned it um, in one of the, the podcast previews for one of the earlier days. And I just worry that they might have a disagreement at one obstacle and and we could see an, an error that, that really cost him behind Midnight Shadow before. He's very, very progressive. He kept on galloping at Aintree. I, I just wasn't quite sure what form I could, uh, what level of form I could give him for that success because the rest of the field kind of dropped away. Um, and I just felt he actually benefited from a very quiet style of ride where he was ultimately in control. That's quite hard to do in a Gold Cup because they can be on it a long way out. They really do put the pressure on. And I just worry when the pressure's applied, there might be a mistake against that. Lots of the rivals, haven't they? They've really had question marks. And, and Ross has mentioned that I didn't like Tornado Flyer in the fact that the race was gifted to him for the King George. But because he's being forgotten again, I do think that um, Danny Mullins can go out and ride him quite similarly in the fact that no one actually really is, apart from Ross and TC, screaming about this horse. If he was a three-to-one favourite or whatever, the pressure would be quite high, but there's no real shouting about him. So if he gets beaten, there's got too much to do, no one's really going to bat an eyelid. So you can kind of ride him nice and patiently over the extra trip, which for me is always a nice angle to have when you're in the saddle and that there's zero pressure on you because whatever happens, it doesn't matter too much when you're riding one that's expected to win and you have to adopt quite patient tactics. That's when it gets a little bit tricky. So I think actually the fact he's being forgotten is, is a positive for his chances, but I still felt he was flattered at, at Kempton. Yeah, interesting. So not completely dismissive of, of him as the horse, but that the, the race at, at, in the King George, it, it did the way it ran, benefited him. I actually think Danny Mullins has got quite a lot of rides of, of the same ilk over the Cheltenham Festival period. Horses with bigger prices, um, not as sexy profiles, but he will, um, other than Florian Porter, the likes of Stormy Island, Statuaire, Ross has, Ross has brought up as well, that he pressure is off and, and they really, they'll benefit from a, from a hold up ride like he, 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 can, he can give so well. So yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's an interesting one at a bigger price. I have been with a Plutard all the way up to probably over the last couple of weeks, just watching Henry de Bromhead's yard and waiting for it to improve. And I'm just, I'm just nervous about, about him. And I, I'm going to jump ship onto Galvin. Um, I don't normally like doing this with a horse that is his main market rival, but I just, my confidence in him is increasing. I think um, from what I've heard and seen from, you know, the, the, the yard's always going to be bullish up into this point, but just looking back into what he's achieved, he's been around Cheltenham, sixth in the Ballymore, second in the Novice Handicap Chase, the winner of the National Hunt Chase. He's really proven around here. I just think if it's still genuinely soft by Friday, I think that could be a massive bonus for him because he is a genuine stayer. He's a true, true stayer. And um, he's a horse that hasn't had a go in this yet, which is a, 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 a can be a, a bit of a bonus. And I just, think that Galvin they've got him they've had their this, their eye on this now for him since he he went and beat our Plutard last time um and I just I, I could I could see it working out in his favor and in, in, in the in the way that Davy Russell has probably saved himself off a lot of rides this season he's just keeping himself to the biggest ones and this will be his uh his number one of the week um okay so We'll head into the St. James's Palace Hunters Chase, um, the race after the Gold Cup. Um, for me, it's always a bit of fun, this race, because I've, there's plenty of horses I'm not too familiar with. 
Um, but Billaway was a runner-up in this race last year. He's currently head the market three to one. Uh, wing leader, um, you beat that horse last time out over in Ireland is 11 to two. Bob and Co um, for David Maxwell, he's 15 to two. A race where the amateur jockeys are back in their rightful place again. Um, it was won in the dying strides by Paul at Bay last year. He won't be attempting his back-to-back -back victories. He's not in this race, but Patrick Mullins will look to go one better on Billaway. Um, Ross, I'm going to come to you because I think you know a lot about these sources outside of the obvious ones, which is normally where I look. So is there anything we need to know about horses that are nested in here? Uh, not not hugely, but I think you make a good point in that like a like a, a vast majority of the public don't know a lot of these horses. So therefore, the market is moved by them backing jockeys names, trainer names, you know, great likes of uh, years gone by that have sort of on the downgrade um, and perhaps you can find some value at the, the back end of the market. Um, I'm not certain I have, but two that I would just throw into the mix. Um, Bradley Gibbs is having a really good season in the point to point ranks. Um, he cut his teeth first with Tim Vaughan and then with Di Brace, Connor Brace's grandfather. Um, he's now set up on his own. Um, he had Highway Jewel in here who interests me, but he's told me she's not going to run. Uh, Premier Magic is going to run. He beat last year's winner, Porlock Boy, in a point to point, uh, Porlock Bay in a point to point. Um, and, and this is his preferred ride here. He did disappoint over three mile three at Stratford, but I think the ground there would have been far too quick. That was a sort of May uh, hunter chase evening at Stratford. The ground would have been quick. Uh, a bit of soft given the ground this trip i could see him staying on very well at the end i think he's quite a big price and then another one that really is living up to my mad miller um name is don bercy um you couldn't be in any way confident he'll jump off because he's refused to race an awful lot of times in both point to points and under rules but he's warmed up for this he won a, a, a hunt organized cross-country race the other day under his trainer is apparently in good form um, and in point to point, he's been pulverizing by 20, 25, 30 lengths horses that were rated 120. He's got serious ability. Um, Who's going to ride him? Do you know? I don't. Bradley Gibbs has got on very well with him, but That's you'd imagine problem, he'll ride his. <laughs> possibly James King, maybe. Um, they'll find they'll find a good one. Ryan Potter knows everybody, so he'll find one, and and he he might well find an Irish lad for him. Um, I don't know, and I haven't been able to find out. Um, but when he does jump off, it tends to be on the back of an elongated break. He tends to blot his copybook when he's sort of backing up 20 or 30 days later. Um, he's a serious, serious horse. Um, he was with Tom Simmons, and I used to uh, pass him at the bottom of the gallop on many occasions because he does, it's, it's just him. But I saw him one day at a point to point at Howick where he nearly didn't jump off and then did and bolted for the first two miles and just kept on going in a fairly decent men's open. So he's just an interesting one. I mean, you'd be wanting to get sort of 40 to one about him jumping off, to be honest. But if he does jump off, he's got plenty of ability and, and this trip could suit him. Okay, so we're hoping for a big, big prize for Ross's slightly left of field selection there for Don Bursey. It's not a horse I know a huge amount about, so good insight there from Ross. Um, James, come to you next. Is there anything that catches your eye? Is there anything you've got any any big uh, big interest in in, in this, or is this is something that you uh you you just sort of watch and enjoy? Yeah, watch and enjoy more. I was I really hope Dave Maxwell gets the Cheltenham winner. Bob and Co. Maybe the ground was too heavy last time. 
uh, when he got overturned by, by cousin Pascal because he actually won the race by 17 lengths last year um, when it was soft ground. I just worry, 11 year old, he's had quite a busy, busy career. Is it perhaps catching out of him? Because obviously he did beat Billaway and those defeated Patrick uh, punches down in April when the amateurs were back in business. So there's not much between them. I'm going to go with a solid one. Billaway, it might well be another Irish winner purely because he's always there or thereabouts. Patrick knows him. He's trained for these races every year. He had a nice win at Nace when, when we saw him in, in February, built on that second to return at Furlers and punched down Aintree and Cheltenham are his, his main campaign. So for me, he's the one to be with. And in what's, I might say, it's a good watch. I prefer a permit holder, a point-to-point trainer, a proper point-to-point trainer to win it. I don't particularly like Paul Nichols winning it, but if he does... I'll be happy to see um, David Maxwell in the saddle. Yeah, but Willie Mullins is a, is a, in a similar ilk in that vein as yeah, well. Yeah, it's, it, it's the way it is. For me, they shouldn't be yeah. allowed to have, have runners in these races. It, if you want the older horses to go and, and enjoy easier company, point-to-point in, take them to a point-to-point yard. I, I personally don't think um, that you should, as a professional trainer, you should be allowed to even run in the race, but they do and for a few years it was Paul Nichols' best chance of the winner at the meeting when, when, when he was quite quiet and it, it's just like I said I like to see the proper point-to-point trainers Will Biddick uh, winning it last year even though we couldn't actually ride his own horse yeah. that was fantastic yeah no that was a real shame and Pollock Bay sadly just wasn't they weren't happy with him on his no he got ride. beat a couple of times I think yeah um, but fair play not trying to just make him come back give him a bit of time and hopefully that patience will be rewarded yeah, yeah. Look, I, I mean, Bob and Co. with the great Corinthian of the sport, David Maxwell on board, he he unseated in this last year, but apart from that, his record... That's quite funny, really, that Sean Bowen did get unseated. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it got a lot of stick stick back in the yard, but uh, we'll see what happens. Well, we've talked about this plenty of times on our podcast. You know, some horses just need their, their, their jockeys. It doesn't matter if they're the the, the better better known ones. They they get on better with the, the ones that they've... Uh, spent a lot of good quality time with and and Bob and Co and David Maxwell have that good pairing. I'd love to see another battle for the line between him and Patrick Mullins. It's so much fun. Great, great um, viewing. So I, I'm on Bob and Co for, for those reasons, but not much more because it is a bit of fun when it gets to this point on the Friday. Um, Tom, any, uh, any big opinions? Um, the only opinion I have is I wish this was the St. James's Palace and not the St. James's Place Festival Challenge Cup. If it's St. James's Palace, Ascot, lovely seven furlong horses. Um, I don't really like this race at all. Billaway is the horse to beat. He beat the others by 13 lengths last year when second, just chinned by Paulock Bay. I'll probably be uh, doing some work at this point, Jess. In the Guinness Village after you said yeah. race to <laughs> That is multitasking. I'm impressed with that. Right. We'll hold it's worth mentioning that uh, <laughs> Willie Mullins says Billaway is going to keep the cheap pieces on. They think that's made a big difference, don't they? Interesting. Yeah. And, and it will. And it probably that's exactly what you would have needed in the dying strides last year as well. So, um, yeah, let's see if that benefits him. Um, OK, we'll head on into the Mayor's Chase. The next race we're going to look at. Um, over two mile, five furlongs, only the second running of this race. And look, I'm an advocate of a strong mares program, but looking through this race, it does really make me miss the race that replaced in the novices handicap chase. It doesn't overly inspire me as the most competitive. The first two in the market, they're already run against each other this year. So we know what we've got here, Matt Ida and Ellie May, uh, both 11 to four. Concertista, she's also got the option of the mares hurdle. River de Tell, um, uncertain whether she'll be here as well. 92, the Glancing Queen's in here. We've talked about it, about her. We'd rather, uh, James and Ross would rather not be running in this race. Um, 
So look, um, it produced a great finish. I'll be, uh, you know, despite it not being the strongest even last year. Um, and Tom, have you got any? Again, another for me, not mad. Huge opinions. Have you got one? No, I don't. Um, I think it was another tricky heat. If you pause the mare's hurdle last year, then Concertista looked like she was going to win by about 15 lengths. She somehow got beat by Black Tears. Um, she's not the strongest finisher, Concertista. She's a very good traveller. Um, she jumped ponderously on her uh, chasing debut this season, uh, but was much more courageous at her fences last time. That's a tick in the box for her. Um, I think slightly better ground will help her cause, but she does handle testing conditions. She would be my tentative play in here. I can't have Mount Ida. I, if she wins, then look, she's got the most talent in the race, I think. The biggest engine, and I'll be like, ah, oh, fair play. But she is a terrible jumper. Like, she jumps her fences well, but, I mean, last year at the Cheltenham Festival, God knows what happens in the first circuit. Uh, she was about 50 lengths behind the leaders, somehow still won. Um, this season, she's been jumping left, right, uh, slower her fences. Um, she ploughed through a couple. I can't have her. Um, so it's concertista for me in this. Okay, Constantine, so let's hope that she turns up for TC. Ross, are you in agreement? Yeah, bad news, guys. I'm in agreement. Um, <laughs> good news, uh, good news. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think um, Paul Cameron would love to have that race last year back again. I think he, he probably got to the front too soon. Um, I agree with TC that she's perhaps not the strongest finisher, and so I therefore take the opinion that a couple of extra fences in the last half mile might just help her. Um, so... Yeah, not a, not a race I'm overly excited about. The good news is we'll get our handicap back when we go to five days. Um, she does lack a bit of experience, but she comes here and she's the progressive horse in the field. Um, we know plenty about my Ida. We know plenty about Ellie May. Um, and so I take a chance that she's got more improvement yet over fences um, and we'll beat the pair of them. Okay, interesting. interesting. We talked about Billaway having cheap pieces on. That's what I think Matt Ida could need. She just some bit of headgear just to keep her switched on when she comes to her fences. I, I mean, I think that was a remarkable win last time. She definitely has all the talent and uh, it's whether I assume Jack Kennedy will be on board um, again and will be able to get her back to her very best back at this track. Or, and that might be even be Davy Russell. He's been on board her the last two times she's won this season. So it will be interesting. I don't know. What 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 do you think here, James? Yeah, TC doesn't like her. Oh. I thought it was remarkable that she won at Cheltenham last year, bearing in mind how far behind she got. But that was in a 21-runner field. Small fields this year, five and six runners. Yes, the German, I mean, great. She seems to get from A to B quite safely. She gave three pounds and a half length beaten to Ellie May. Level weights this time around. I see no reason why she won't beat that rival. And Constantista has to give them, say, three pounds. So for me, there's loads in, in Mount Ida's favour. Um, she's been freshened up, which like she was last year. Um, small field, don't be many runners. It's a disappointing race. I echo your sentiments. I'm not sure the novice handicap chase used to devalue a little bit, and the fact that it gave those novice chasers yet another option to avoid running in, in, in the main races. But for me, Mount Ida, I, I like her. I think she's got a great chance in, in what's a race that does lack a lot of strength and depth. Well, I think this is the first, everyone. We haven't had a situation where there's been two against two. So Ross and um, TC, both with Constantista, myself and James with Matt Ida. So let battle commence. Didn't think it would happen in the in the mayor's chase, but it, that makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, so we'll see um, how that one unfolds. We head now into the final race of the 28th of the Cheltenham Festival 2022. 
It is the Martin Pike. We end with a bit of a cracker. Uh, better known as the boys races, it's for the conditional jockeys. And it was where we discovered Galloping de Champ last year, the best handicapped horse in the world, as it turned out to be. And as we said in the other podcasts, it's not even that they're all well handicapped or well in this year. It's just that there are so many Irish horses. They dominate the field. And frankly, there won't be enough UK horses really in here challenging them. Of all the handicaps, this is the one that stands out the most. So I'm not sure that I'm even concerned about the weight um, there isn't really much between any of the Irish horses, especially the more unexposed novices. Um, but TC, Chemical Energy strikes me as a horse who could be very well in at 137, with Gordon Elliott giving top conditional up or Shane Fitzgerald a go on him already. Yeah, this is a race I really like, actually, Martin Pike. Obviously, this is a, a race where some punters chase, gabble responsibly, but some punters chase to try and end on a high. Um, some punters are trying to play up their winnings. This is a race where you can get a favourite winning to the cheer of the crowd or just see an entourage of people leaving the course in sadness. And I think this will be, um, this year is a perfect version of where everyone will be cheering. Um, now, hopefully, not everyone's on Langadan because I think Twitter suggests everyone is on Langadan, uh, but I don't think he'll win this race. Uh, I think Chemical Energy will win. I think he's very well handicapped. I love the fact that he's just been entered in this heat as well. Um, it seems like a perfect target for him. Um, I envisage this race panning out exactly how it did last year, and Langadan, therefore, might be too far back. Of course, he's well handicapped and he is the main danger, uh, but Chemical Energy will be more prominently ridden. Um, he wasn't 100% fit last time out, I don't think. But he still beat 132 rival, uh, rated rival without doing a jot in front. Um, he's running off 137 here. I think he's a graded horse in a handicap. And uh, I'm hopeful of a top and tail double on the card with Vauban and Chemical Energy. Yeah, I think if Shane Fitzgerald is booked, which you'd imagine he is, he's had a great season. 38 winners, I've written down. He won the Curry National last September as well. And he also had a good win at the Dublin Racing Festival. I think he's serious talent. So that's a... Uh, that's, a, that's a, a boost in itself. Chemical energy for TC to end his week, and that's at 17 to 2. Um, Ross, we'll pick up at this point on Langerdan. He's just two pounds higher than his um, two and a quarter length second to Galloping de Champ last year. He had his pipe opener at Taunton last time. What did you make of that? Well, I only saw very brief footage, but he looked plenty big enough. I don't know if James was there, whether he'd be able to. I wasn't actually there at that meeting. Uh, he looked big on the screen to me um, and it was clearly a prep. So the fact he's got three pound back from the handicapper is, is, is a staggering piece of handicapping as far as I'm concerned. Um, it might just put him on the cusp of getting in though, um, which is a bit of a worry. I think he should get in and I'd like to see him here without having to run in the Imperial Cup. Um, but he's two pound higher than last year. I don't think chemical energy is a gallop in Deschamps. Um, and that pair pulled 10 lengths clear of the third. So I think it's a very good piece of form. The other thing to throw into the mix is another horse I like, and he might dismiss the cut, is, is Napper's Hill. Um, he finished sixth in the Betfair, went very wide the whole way, and just couldn't quicken um, like top two milers can, but stayed on at a good gallop. His Dan Brugella was third in the Hatton's Grace over two mile four uh, behind Brave Inca. So stepping up in trip should him prove him considerably i think 135 is a nice mark if he did get in you've then got a jockey question can paul nichols say that lorcan williams is his jockey and therefore rides napper's hill or has lorcan got an agreement that he can get off to ride Langadan? and in that case who would ride napper's hill because i think you are looking for a a good conditional to win this i don't know if tom buckley has gone from charlie longs and is now 
riding a little bit for Paul Nichols. He's, he's, he's had a good season. Attached at Paul's now, so he yeah, be, that might be the obvious choice. Yeah, um, mm. but he, after 135, he, he just might not get in, um, which is <laughs> disastrous, really, for these UK horses to be well handicapped. Um, and not get in. Good risk at all is another one who might not run in the coral. He might not get in that and would perhaps get in this. But I'm not sure he's the ideal ride for a conditional. I think he jumped much better for Charlie Deutsch last time. Um, and that would be a bit of a concern. And then as you called it, the boys race, if he didn't run in the, the Coral Cup, my old friend Don Levant uh, could make it the girls race for Isabel Williams. Um, and she, and she might find it easier to navigate this against fellow conditionals than trying to navigate against wily season pros in the Coral Cup. So those are the four I'm looking at, but I'm very sweet on, on Langer Dan. I think, you know, that three pound back is is huge and I can't see a gallop in Deschamps in this personally. Um, James, uh, yeah, this is a good point about the conditionals. What, what, you know, the best ones in the UK are Ireland. There's some very good conditionals here in the in the country but sam thomas is a man that's had a very good season is there a jockey that he could would have in mind for good risk at all that is the problem isn't it um he has jordan taylor yeah jordan yes but jordan ridden quite a bit for me he's not ridden so much in the last three or four months but i suppose he would do um i just think the horse is the best handicapped horse in the in the, in the race and you never know who's going to become available but for me he absolutely bolted up at Ascot. And I think the rise is pretty fair. He was such a good bumper horse. He ran in the top novices when he got beaten. Should have won at Warwick, a little bit tricky. And, and that's Ross's point there about the fact that he might have the easiest race for, for a young rider. But I think he's just improving at a rate of knots. And I would just edge towards him just because I think he, he's got that potential to be very, very good. Um, and I hope he can keep progressing and improving. But jockey-wise, it's a little bit like the amateur race to Kim Muir who you're going to get and they can claim various amounts in this race. And that's also a a bit of an added bonus. So interesting, Shane Fitzgerald um, had a little spin on his horse and it's not been seen since. So it's not a race I've got strong convictions on, but I do think that um, good risk at all is a very well handicapped individual. Yeah. Okay. Interesting about jockeys. Um, I think Willie Mullins will have a lot of jockeys wanting to ride from him, so it's less of an issue. I like Deploy the Getaway. I think he hasn't really fulfilled his huge reputation and he's been expensive to follow. So I wouldn't really want him much less than um, his price now at 11 to 1. Um, he's quirky and he's jumped out to his right at Navin, which is a left-handed track, so that's a concern. But I think the step up and trip in this race will help. He needs to settle too. But a big field like this and a strong pace could really help see the best out of him. Um, and he's definitely talented, but he's just, he's slightly risky. So as I said, I wouldn't want him to, to get a huge amount shorter, but he, he might do with the Willie Mullins factor. Also mentioned earlier is Banbridge for Joseph O'Brien. He's either in this or the county. Um, so I'd be, I'd be curious to see what, what he gets um, declared for. Um, but look, this is Friday, I think we could say is a, a really tricky day. There's plenty of value around, um, and I think that that this is is a is a good fun day as well to get involved with too. And we've got to the end now. We've previewed every single race of the Cheltenham Festival. So hats off to Ross, to James, to TC, and um, for being with me. Um, we're going to get through to our final um, naps and next best of um, the day four of the Cheltenham Festival. Just going to remind you all of the promotion for SBK. If you deposit ten pounds. 
You get 50 pounds in free bets for new customers only. You have to be 18 and over. So for the final time, TC, take us away for your nap and your next best. Yeah, my nap is Vauban in the Triumph Hurdle on Friday. And my next best on Friday is Chemical Energy in the Martin Pipe, hopefully a top and tail double. Brilliant stuff. And to James next. Yeah, I'm not giving up an appetite. I think he is just a very, very good horse. And in an open gold cup, I have to give him that defeat to Golvin. Just got caught on the line over an iron. And Henry the Romance team wasn't in great form. Coming in front, they appear to be flying at the moment. So hopefully that's a great omen. And the one that TC didn't like at all and was very negative towards Mount Ida. I think despite the fact I don't like the Mayor's Chase, I think it's a lovely race for her. A small field, the way she stayed on last year uh, was something to watch in a 21-runner field, single figures, um, she should just be able to hunt around a bit easier. So I think she's got a great chance. Okay, no problem. We don't mind taking each other on. And on to Ross for the final time. So another taking on TC is Langadang is my nap in the uh, conditional Martin Pipes race. And my next best is Statuaire in the county. Brilliant. And for me, my nap's going to be Galvin for the Gold Cup. And my next best is the nice guy for the Albert Bartlett. I really like that horse. I think he's been massively overlooked. With thanks to James, to Ross, to TC for, for uh, taking us through previewing um, what we hope to be an epic four days at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, and I hope that we found a few winners dug in here, some value as well. As I say, don't forget to deposit £10, get £50 in free bets for the new customers that are listening to the SBK Betting Podcast. We'll be back weekly this isn't just a flash in the pan we're back weekly for our regular podcast so please join us if you've enjoyed this um, podcast and don't forget to like and subscribe and join us on as we will be back again um, but a very best best of luck for the Cheltenham Festival. Mm-hmm.